Hey everybody, I'm Lewis May, co-host of Marketing 101 Podcast, along with Riley Seberg and Pat Green, who are here today as well. Today, this is the taping of Season 4, Episode 2. Uh, the title of today's show is Our MTP, and what is that? So what the heck is an MTP? We'll be discussing that by through a series of questions, and then we'll be moving into a little bit about how we at Hammersport Marketing are doing that. And once again, this is season four, so we're basically working to give you uh, more context about who we are as a company, Hammersport Marketing, and then why we're doing this podcast and how we're gonna proceed through the rest of season four, which is we're going to be interviewing other business people in the local and national and hopefully worldwide community, just basically sharing uh, some of their marketing stories and experiences so that we can create the culmination of what this is, which is marketing 101, which is what are useful pieces of information that you, the small business owners and entrepreneurs, want to be entrepreneurs and existing entrepreneurs, what can you do right now to affect positive change on your business? What is marketing 101? So here we are today. Riley, what do you got to add to that? I agree. <laughs> Great. I did a good job with the, that introduction pertaining to uh, the conversations we've had to previous to that discussion so that we are all agreeing on what we're going to discuss today. So that also then means that we're sitting here with Pat Green, who is going to uh, ask some questions and get this whole uh, series of conversation going. Pat, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. You, oh, you sound good, yeah. Uh, I was a little groggy this morning. Uh, you, as well as a couple other people in the world, know what rallying is really all about. Uh, just for the listeners, I just got back from a rally race in uh, Potosi, M Missouri, with our race car driver, George Hammerbeck, and then our media correspondent, Pat Green, who covered it. Uh, we were also there with another friend from St. Louis and Morgan the Rally Dog in which we taught everybody who came along the trip for the first time that rally racing is really about what's called force majeure or the major forces that you have no control over, which we found and got a, a fourth or fifth or sixth lesson of, about that last night as the axle of our truck fell apart at seven o'clock p.m. on a Sunday and we had to stop the trip three hours away from home and finish and fix another car, essentially. So... Pat got to see that. It was great. And that's why I'm still groggy and running, rambling on about this story. I'm also groggy. There you go. Um, so, Pat, so, take it away. Uh, what are we talking about today? Well, that's a good question because you mentioned MTP. And my first reaction when I heard MTP is, what is that? So I'm glad you titled, took some consideration to that question in the title. What is MTP and why is it important and why... Why are you guys talking about it? Well, I'm just going to answer the question of what is MTP, and then I'm going to ask Riley, let him do what is ours and what is it and why is it all important. So a massive transformation, massive transformative purpose comes right out of a book that we hold very dear, which is called Exponential Organizations. And that book is uh, lists basically a group of items that if you have maybe six, if you score high at doing these 11 activities in your business, you have what it takes to become an exponential organization, which is an organization that grows 
unlike other organizations ever have in the history of corporate America and business in general. So uh, massive transformative purpose is just a way of communicating to the world what's this huge lofty goal that everybody in your company is working toward together to achieve that hopefully makes the world a better place. So that's my introduction to it. It's massive transformative purpose. Riley? Yeah, we just had a conversation about this in, in a meeting not, not too long ago. So basically what I was telling Lewis was, in reality, the massive transformative purpose is a marketing statement, right? Like it's, you have to be like so good at what you do. It, you, you're not like, if you just, if you just say a massive transformative purpose and you're not good at what you do, it's going to, it's going to sound funny to you, right? Like it's going to be like, ha, right? Like it's almost a joke because it's, it's kind of supposed to be right. Because it's supposed to be something that you're trying to do, right? Like it's the North star, the ultimate goal. So it's what everybody laughs at when you tell them this is what you're going to do. And, and it has to actually make sense in terms of what you're actually trying to do in life. So you can't just pull a massive transformative purpose out of the air and, and say, this is what it's going to be because it, it has to be grounded in something, right? Like you have it has to, to be grounded in your previous behaviors and actions that you've now come to realize if you were to do them at their at a hundred percent for the next hundred years, you might achieve something amazing. Like I'm going to build a mountain in the middle of the Pacific ocean. China's doing that by the way, in the South China Sea. There you go. But so it sounds ridiculous, but somebody's working on doing it right now. <laughs> Another time I'll ask you why they're doing it. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's it is it's, it's like, it's rooted in the past, but, but projects into the future. Yes. So it's, it doesn't even really have to be rooted in the past. It just, the things have to be there. And I, I guess it does have to be, or you can have a bunch of people, right? If you already have a bunch of people on board to something that you're trying to do, you can collectively generate a massive transformative purpose just right there because everybody you like you're going to have to come up with something for to keep people there it's like for movements if you ask anybody in a movement like what they're trying to do they have a massive transformative purpose because that's the only reason they're there <laughs> so it's one of the core statements of building a brand that will last for decades is having something that even if you achieve you know a groundbreaking success of your current initiative that to make money and serve your clients of selling widgets and you sell a billion dollars of those widgets like uh, 200,000 times more than you ever imagined your massive transformative purpose is still there pushing you and driving you past those two billion dollars to because you uh, haven't while you did achieve a, an enormously lofty financial goal your ocean is still not have a mountain built in the middle of the Pacific. And even if you spent all of that $200 billion on it, uh, you're still going to be barely be popping out of the ocean with a little bit of dirt. Like Elon Musk, his massive transformative purpose is to colonize Mars. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> hey, Elon, you've now made a trillion dollars. Why don't you just spend your trillion dollars on colonizing Mars? Yeah. Hey, and he'll be like, that's not enough money to do it, man. Yeah, it's not anything close. It's not, I need a gajillion dollars to do that. 
<laughs> like I have to be build a group of people who collectively believe in this much more than the ability of me to accumulate $1,000 trillion. Yeah. And lo and behold, like purpose is so powerful that it, 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 that is the brand. That means you have a brand. That's why I can, Riley and I can go and look at websites now and go, no brand, no, oh, look at this guy. What is he trying to say? Even when somebody's trying to say something, they have more of a brand than a lot of people. Yeah, they take that into a really clear statement that speaks to everybody uh, in a deeply meaningful way. And then you've got a winning developed brand. Why don't we share our massive transformative purpose so that we understand what it is we're talking about? Because we just came up with one today and I think it describes everything that we're trying to do. The thing about the massive transformative purpose is you can take it deeper and you can, you can say like, it's the what it can incorporate the how, but it doesn't always necessarily need to. And, and so that, that's why it's, it's good for us to not have that because that's the, how can always be contextual because if you're good enough to come up with a massive transformative purpose, you're going to know how you're going to go about doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't say I'm going to build a mountain in the middle of the Pacific ocean without some kind of idea how that you're not going to be make drive a road of miniature Tonka trucks out there filled with dirt and dump in dirt at a volume of one quart of dirt every time and do that. So you're like, you know how you're not going to do it, but you also know that you got to get a lot of dirt into the middle of the ocean. So you're going to have some kind of idea how to do it. <laughs> so go ahead, Riley. What's our massive transformative purpose for hammer sport marketing? So our massive transformative purpose is to change the way businesses are perceived by building brands that contribute more than they take. And that explains everything that we're trying to do as a marketing agency. And it explains what I'm trying to do in, in my business career. Because I, I think most people have a lack of understanding of what business truly is. And they think that business is a for-profit endeavor. And just because there are for-profit companies doesn't necessarily mean that business as a whole is a, 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 a for-profit op operation. There's more than, there's more reasons business exists than just profit, right? If business just existed for profit, it wouldn't last too long. And that's what actually what you're seeing is the, the businesses that do exist just for profit don't want screwing over, screwing over their employees over a, a, an agreement that they made with them. They, they don't last. Yeah. They have to screw their employees over because they run out of money because they don't have it anymore. Because, because they made a promise that they couldn't keep. And instead of keeping that promise of providing a, what is it, a retirement to their workers that stuck with them for 20 years, they are in it for the profit of the guys who gave them a couple bucks in November. And now they got a, the deal was they'd give them twice as much back here in January. Yeah. So it's, People, businesses never, maybe they took the time to, to do this type of work, but they never actually took the time to build it into the culture of the company. Yeah. yeah. So it becomes an issue in when the decision makers are making decisions and they're 
not reflecting on the company's values or the, the company's mission. And so that's where the words we use in our massive transformative purpose are very specific. They say businesses that by building brands, we didn't say businesses are perceived by building companies because that's what a company does just make money. Whereas to take the company and turn it into a brand, you have to give it purpose that the people are, are actually working together in a, to, to achieve above and beyond paying their bills. Now the purpose for me can still be- Having a brand gives you happy employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now the purpose can still be around money. Like one of my purposes is just to make a, a company and a brand that does this so that, we, so that I can provide for people who wanna have uh, work somewhere they love so that they can have a family and a life outside of that place of work. To me, I love that. I love the idea that you get to make money because of what we're doing here and then take that and go do what you want to do with it in your outside of work life. Because a lot of people don't want to work 16 hour days, seven days a week. Most don't. So they want to go do other stuff. And so we're providing for that by doing this, by building a brand, not a company. So you basically want to work with people who have a similar, similar kind of ethos to you, you do, you all do as an sport. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're creating that environment. So it, it, this, when we have this massive transformative purpose, we don't have to say the way we're gonna make the world a better place. We could add that to the beginning of this. To make the world a better place by changing the way businesses are perceived by building brands that contribute more than they take. But that part's given, and it gives us a lot of topic for conversation as well after that. Oh, how are you doing that? So it is an opening line to a question. It's saying, that's a pretty lofty goal. How are you gonna do that? And then it can be, I'm glad you asked, because we actually do have a plan to do that. Riley, how are we going to do that? So basically, we use, <clears throat> so we use marketing and technology to do that, right? So we use the technology to, so basically, the, the, this question is really big, right? Because you have to ask yourself, why are brands perceived, or why are, <clears throat> why are companies perceived in a certain way? And, and this gets you into the philosophy of like why businesses are even existing, right? So when you realize why they're perceived a certain way, then you understand why we're going about this in a certain way, because most companies are beholden to somebody else in some way, shape or form, whether it's a vendor, whether it's an internal customer, whether it's an, an investor, whatever, they're beholden in some way, shape or form. Like they they had to get so something from somebody they have to rob Peter to pay Paul, right? Like in some way, shape or form, everybody knows that the majority of business is just like a hot potato and you're just trying to not be the one stuck holding it. So when you understand that, then you realize if a lot of these guys, especially what I saw is the small businesses were coming online and their margins were getting ripped apart because they didn't understand the territory that they were getting into. And so were the, they were they brought a commodity into a big commodity market. And they were assuming that the, the platforms, the, the third party providers, the other vendors that were in there providing services were in it to 
give them uh, a benefit. Like they were in it to serve them as they a customer. assumed that by using all of these tools, that would build the brand. And so a lot of these people were using these tools. Some of them found success in the short term to make money. But what they realized is if the ones who did find success in the short term, they, they never actually built a brand. So it didn't last. It didn't transfer to anything. They didn't own any of this stuff. I don't even know if people realize this, but we realize this. I realized it. The high level yeah. guys realize it too. This is why they own their, their own stuff now. Okay. Because nobody was owning their own assets, they don't actually have anything. So what we're doing, like they're still beholden. They're paying in some way, shape or form to manage their assets. So somebody else is owning their stuff and they have to pay to maintain it. So it's like a music uh, person and you're like, you're getting published by a label. So if you're getting on YouTube, you're still paying to maintain your YouTube status, whether you're paying somebody to publish the video or like you're doing it in some way, shape or form. And then it's just sitting on YouTube. It's not even yours. Yeah. YouTube video. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to use technologies to enable people to uh, own their own digital assets. Instead of using these platforms and just subscribing their freedom and their ownership away, we're building the tools that allow them to take it back. And because we're open sourcing a lot of these tools, they can just use it or they can pay us to manage it for them. So there's still some, there's still always going to be the elephant in the room. If I own my own platform, who's going to manage it? Yes, you're right. You still have to pay, but you're moving in a direction. That's the correct way. Platform versus the cost to have an email marketing service versus the cost to, to host a website versus the, the cost to, to, to buy a plugin that does the, the automation, like all of this stuff, or like you're spending your margin at the, the other way and not even realizing it. Everything, every budget is blown because of this. Moving away from owning your own data platforms, all these things, instead of moving toward it. And this is just like building a brand or working on your business or all the other things is no, you don't just get to, like we realize that you don't just get to throw 120 grand at owning, like legitimately owning your entire platform right from the start. You got to do it incrementally, but always be working towards that. And that if you don't work towards it, you'll never get there. But it's got to be part of your game plan. Otherwise, once again, you'll never get there because it'll always be $150,000 to build a whole uh, front end and back end website that does everything you need it to do without paying a monthly fee to other vendors. So that's the technology side. And that's also the build a brand side, which is the, the marketing side of what we do, which is great marketing understands that your marketing strategy needs to match how people work, which is the sales process, which is moving people through a story, which they always have context of what's, what position they fit into that story at. So what we've noticed is too many marketers are sending sales messages or conversion messages to people they don't have the right, they don't have permission to market to yet. Hey, you can't sell me anything over $5 if I've never heard of you before. And so there's so much of that taking place that there's so much success to be had by the businesses that accept they don't have to do it that way and that if they build a brand 
and know and stick with a strategy for years that they'll have something that's actually a mess group of messages that actually tells the world who they are and why those people should do business with them above and beyond the benefits and features of their product or service. And that's what a brand is. It's a fully developed message of purpose. So is there, is there a way for people to, to, like somebody might think they've developed their own brand, but, but maybe they really haven't really been very thorough or, or very done the right, made the right steps. Is there any way to, for somebody to know that or? Yeah, it really is a series of questions uh, that you would be able to answer. Riley, uh, didn't you ask those questions? Because we heard them in a, I think they were a great series of questions from AdWorld. Uh, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> I have these questions. Uh, right here. So it's, it's called the brand identity questionnaire. And for us, what we would say is, what is your massive transformative purpose? And if you don't have that, we would say, what is your mission statement? The way they presented it, they said, what is your why? What are your brand values? Uh, would we call them your core corporate values? What are your company values? How is your purpose or how is your narrative connected to your purpose? How is, how is what you're telling people connected to what you're actually trying to do? Which is what we just described to you, which is what are we trying to do? Well, we're, we want businesses to be understood correctly by the world, that businesses can be a great thing for the world if they're done, if the brand is built. And then we explained, how do we do that? We do that through marketing and through technology. And then in depth, even more on that is how do we do that through marketing? We do that with brand development in understanding how to warm up and create audiences. And how do we do that with technology? Well, we start incrementally by replacing the things that you're paying for with stuff that you own yourself. But it's also in understanding how do you transform a developed brand into messages that going out to the world. And the way that you do that is you develop your brand, which then gives you the phrases and lines of communication that you're literally gonna put on your website. It's gonna be the first thing people learn about you instead of learning about how your basketball is the greenest, lightest basketball on earth that never wears out, they're gonna learn, why did you do this? Because man, I loved playing basketball all my life, but when as a kid, we never got to play with basketballs that weren't all heavy and hard because they all got worn out in the sun and then rain. So I made this and I spent years developing this and I, I came to understand that kids could come together and have a, a much happier childhood because I made this basketball. You know, Excellent. and I just made a basketball like hook thing that like trains you how to like shoot a basketball. Shoot, shoot. Yeah. Why though? And so that's, hold that. on. he was selling a really well. He had a funnel, but right. But he had no brands and, and he, he was just doing it himself. And so he had the cool tools, cool. And he had like real testimonials of kids saying, yeah, I use this. It's, it's, and he was selling it like hotcakes. And then you've reached a point where you say, hey, this thing isn't selling that well anymore. And like everybody has it, they like it, but I can't figure out how to tell more people about it. Like it's not really working. Like I, I think a new funnel would, would help. What do you think? Should I just spend more on ads? Should it like, what should I do? Is there a way that I can make this funnel better? And dude, build a brand. 
you got to build a brand so that there's a big why behind it. And then you can build funnels based on those two avatars because you have a why and you can then identify your avatars who are going to appreciate that why. And then you can realize that, wait a second, even though they're all in the same target market, these two avatars will both buy the crap out of my product, but they're completely different. So I need to talk to them contextually differently to each other because they're the other message that the messages that one side hears really well, the other side just ignores completely. And so that's building a brand is taking things all the way from the very start to all the way to the finish. How are you communicating that to the outside world so that the outside world likes what you have to offer? And how do you commun communicate to the inside world, which is you and your team and the culture that holds you together? Great. Any other good yeah, questions uh, that like would that help nail it just be so you can so people can understand because these are the kind of things that people ask me on the street when I tell them what, that I work for you guys and they're like what about this what about like they ask me but they're not grilling me they're just they want to have some understanding of themselves themselves yeah yeah and and so let's go one quick step into that of like how then this is done in the real world so I think like a great example of how marketing is done in the real world is the video funnel story because it's it's this whole concept from start to finish and it would be three videos the first one about just purpose and brand and values explaining the why we're doing this and what our massive transformative purpose is and how our values are connected to that and then the second video would be the narrative of what we're doing and how that, but we don't show this second video until you've watched the entire first video all the way through. So a person, an audience, a group of people would see, have access to this video, but most of them would only see the first three seconds and click out. The ones that see the first 10 seconds, we think, oh, they might be somewhat interested, but they were a little busy. So we'll keep showing it to them. But right. out of that group of people, only 10% of them watch the video all the way through. Those are the people that we can assume were actually interested in our massive, in what we had to say because of our values. They were like, man, I love people that uh, like teamwork. I like teamwork. I want to talk, listen to them more. So they appreciated what we had to say about our core brand, our purpose, our why, and our values. Now we can show them a little bit of more context of how are we achieving this this thing, a little bit of ge big general statement, like uh, what we were talking about. We do marketing and technology and the same thing. We're not going to let them see. We're going to rate them in our audience by how long they watch that video. Then the people who watch that video all the way through, now we're going to give those people access to the final video, which is the story about I'm telling you right now, which is how do we take all this idea, this concept and turn it into a purpose or, or a plan and then turn that plan into a physical thing that we actually go do, which is build three videos that are, have build the context of the company to the last point where we actually say, look, if you want this done for you, come to us and we'll build you this three video series and advertise it on the marketplace for you to uh, grow your business by bringing you more customers. Uh, I think it's probably a fair bit to leave everybody with because I think that 
explains a lot of the intro, the, pro, the, the, the questions that people might ask at the beginning. Like, yeah, great. A better understanding of what, like, what you're doing. And, and so. Cool. No, I, you think, I like uh, keeping it short and simple. So. Yeah. No, I would say that for the most part, anything that you think you could do, you probably can. And so you got to take that and uh, extrapolate it to quote unquote digital marketing, right? So whatever you want to do, you can do it. It's just, you got to figure out how. And the majority of the time you have to think in first principles. And so when you're doing that and you're using the internet, <laughs> it gets really complicated really fast. So it's not that you can't do it. It's that if you wanted to do it exactly the way that you want to do it, you would have to do it. You would have to bullet yourself. So that's why we do that. That's why we went ahead and like businesses and in, in business, like in, in order to build a real business, somebody has to take the, the burden of doing the work. So ahead of time. <laughs> so that's what we did. We figured out, all the things, like, I've been doing this for four years now, and what I've been doing is using tools and technologies, but I haven't been building them for four years. I've only been building them for the last two, because for the first two years, I was using other people's stuff. I was figuring out, like, what does the market say everything you should be doing? And then I figured out, what does the industry say? What, what did the original people to, to do advertising, what did they do? How does that translate to digital marketing? Is anybody doing that, figuring out what they're doing, find out what they're using? And then when you realize that it breaks down to a couple different things and not everybody is leveraging everything. <laughs> Most people are only using one, maybe two things. And if you, and, and definitely nobody's like leveraging everything connected on the same platform, managing it all from the same interface. And if you want to get real crazy, like I'm talking about using automations and machine learning to do it all for you and to make these decisions so that all you really have to do is the creative work. Yeah. But that's super advanced, but like, it's all possible, but paying $30 a month to MailChimp to subscribe up to the latest thing isn't going to get you there. No, that's not going to build your brand. That's just going to give you one of the capabilities that will help you build the brand. Like, if you have the right message to share. Like subscribing to Salesforce might, and and at that point you're basically paying the same thing you could pay us to get it done for you. Yeah. And yeah. and if you subscribe to Salesforce, you still have to do the work. Yeah. So that's the whole goal here is to keep advancing towards using technology and branding, brand development and marketing, in little increments. Yeah, we want this all automated, but until then, we can just use a, some simple machine learning along with some simple copywriting to optimize the conversions on your website. Right now. Because nobody's doing this like we know how to do it in the simple manner that it can be done to start testing, learning, and improving right away. So that's it. I appreciate everything, gentlemen. I think I learned some things, and I think anybody else who listens will definitely learn some things. And that's okay. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time to meet with us today, Pat. Riley, a pleasure as always. I'm Lewis May, and this was an episode of Marketing 101 Podcast. Check out Pat's podcast from the desk of Pat Green. Yeah, don't forget to do that. And also, Riley has a podcast named... Uh, the Riley Seabrook Podcast.
yeah, yeah. So check those out as well. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, definitely like it and share it with anyone you could think of in the entrepreneurial or business space that could see value here. If you're, if you're listening on a platform, please leave us a review to let somebody know that you like the show or you don't like the show. Or it's, it's a good way to get back. Yep. So thanks, everybody. Have a great day.